Bots for the win. Coming up on today's edition, the Bots of the Win podcast, we're talking about the attentions game, Facebook reach, and how to leverage messenger bots to siphon off more of it. Read a deck recently that that I really thoroughly enjoyed. I mean, a, a deck, it's a, the, you know, the slides from a presentation. In this case, the presentation was a guy by, um, by, by a guy named Rand Fishkin. I don't know if you know that name or not. It's certainly a unique name. Uh, he's, he's been a, a marketer for a long time and respect him quite a bit. He started this thing called Moz.com. And the title of the presentation was The Next Era of Web Marketing 2019 and Beyond. And I think I actually read to somewhere of him doing some sort of humble brag about how good he is at uh, giving speeches at conferences and everyone tells him the speech was the best. And I'll give it to him. I, I've you know, I've seen some of his decks in the past that I've really, really enjoyed, and I really enjoyed this one too. It it touches on a number of trends that I firmly believe in, uh, many of which I've mentioned repeatedly here on the podcast in previous episodes, and I've, I've sort of just been keenly um, observing uh, over the years. And so, the genesis of today's episode is partly that deck. Uh, it's it's it comes from the fact that I've been running you know a ton of Facebook contests lately with Messenger, multiple different niches and markets, and just really, really having a blast. Uh, getting to spin them up and execute on them uh, in the various different markets. And I've done a few in different countries too, which has been super interesting learnings. Uh, and I've really been digging into my Facebook traffic too. And on one of my gigs, like really breaking down the various different sources, mobile versus desktop versus ads versus organic versus referral and seeing how it converts for me and trying to understand my reach on Facebook and like what, you know, what, what, what there is, what, what potential is there there. Um, and, and I think it's an exercise that becomes really all the more interesting when you have a robust ad spend going on and you know what traffic costs from Facebook when you actually have to pay for it. Uh, it really tends to punctuate uh, the traffic you can get for free and, and how you can more effectively do that. And then I've also just been having a great time getting creative and playing around with what Messenger can do. And it's it's just amazing. It's, it's so fun. I've, I've really just been enjoying it quite a bit. So, you know, call it the attentions game or the attention war, or the platform wars, uh, it's, it's certainly raging right now with the big dogs, without question, right? And you know, one, of the, one of the big trends, I think, without question, both in the past, but really ramping up recently, is the amount that both the four horsemen, which is Google, Facebook, Amazon, and Apple, as well as all the rest of the second-tier players, your LinkedIn, or your Pinterest, or your Twitter, et cetera, uh, they're giving up less and less of the attention that they own meaning it's getting harder and harder to get people off of their platforms and onto the digital land that we control, i.e. our websites. Uh, it's just bad and it's getting worse across the board. And it turns out the big boys are getting seriously serious about their attention and they don't want to give it away like they used to. And that's that's a trend without question. So in, in his deck, Rand had this section on the balance between engagement and clicks. And, and I'm going to talk about that subject specifically in Facebook. He was too. Uh, and how to think about the two of them. And you know what I've got? I've got the deck here, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna read from it for just a second. And so he's basically saying, like, here's something that needs to change in 2019. And it says balance social engagement versus drawing clicks. And he's got uh, he's got the post insights or publishing insights tab of his Facebook page open. And he's 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 postulating that you know when you have a low engagement post, your next post has a harder time reaching a big audience, right? And if you get a high engagement post, Facebook goes ahead and boosts the reach of your next post. 
uh, unless it starts to shift poor engagement. And so he's he's essentially saying that the algorithms, and, and this is this is true for the other ones instead of just Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, all of them, they reward high engagement, right? And so they they have this ability to streak. And I think you know, one of the easy ways to think about this is if you're played with a flashlight that doesn't have batteries, it's like one of those little wind up ones, right? And like, if you crank it up, if you crank it up, it has enough batteries to work for a little while. Your Facebook post, my Facebook post are in the dark, right? Facebook is the flashlight. Engagement is cranking it up. So when you crank it up and crank it up and power it up with that engagement, it's going to shine the light on your post. You're going to get action. That's sort of how I like to think about it. But his postulation is that the social algorithms are designed to, you know, ask questions. Does this contact or content rather attract users, generate likes and shares and hold their attention? If so, show more of it. Uh, do users who see this content stay on our platform and keep engaging? If so, show more of it. Uh, do users who consume this content return to our platform again and again? And so, you know, if you can, if you can, if you can game that portion of it, you're going to win. And for him, his system was, you know, high engagement post, high engagement post, high engagement post, then throw in one uh, that has the link back to your site that you really want to get people to click on and then high engagement post and then high engagement post. So I don't know. Um, I'm testing. I'm I'm not all the way there on his, you know, algorithmic streaking and whether that's a thing. I think I felt that for a long time. I, I want to believe that. Um, just like I want to believe that when you have a really charged up Facebook post with high engagement, you actually see a lower cost in your ads, but I'm not certain on either of those two. I'm, I want to believe them and I'm, and I'm, and I'm kind of sort of testing my way there. What I do know for certain though, is that charging up the post with engagement can yield a massive, massive increase in reach, right? So if I can charge up the post with engagement while still close get, you know getting close to my desired results and potentially increasing my future reach on future posts as well as lowering my ad costs like of all three of those things are potentially on offer well then this is an interesting subject to me and something that requires some further delving into so you know Duran's point of engagement versus clicks I'm completely on board with that one the engagement does have a huge role to play and for certain uh, perhaps an even bigger role to play potentially if those other things bear out to be true so really the trick of it all becomes how can we charge up a post with engagement while still achieving whatever our business goals are. And, you know, as a, as a, as a final word on attention in the attention wars, which I've ranted on before, uh, especially the ones fought by the big dogs, I, I sort of like thinking about it, like in Greek mythology terms, like the big dogs, the fangs, the, the, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, like they're the Greek gods, right? They're up there on Mount Olympus and, you know, they're throwing, they're, they're at war with one another, right? Zeus is throwing fireballs, Poseidon's throwing tridents, whatever. And, you know, that war is up there, right? Like it sort of doesn't really affect us. And all too often, uh, just like the, you know, the, the, the gods in Greek mythology are all too often to willing to come down to earth and enlist mortals in their little schemes or games. So too is Facebook uh, uh, or Google or Apple or Amazon willing to enlist us consumers to further their business goals. And so the idea, the hack, the trick that underlines all of this is how do you, how do you make it so that you can call it game hack, whatever, Facebook, to give you what you want, this extra reach, uh, by providing them what they want, the engagement, so that everybody wins. And I think, you know, it really, it requires some contrarian thinking. It just does. And, and, and let me explain, and then we can get into the tactical. Let's just say before, we would publish some content on our sites, and then we would blast our email list and our messenger subscribers and post on all of our social sites, and use our push notifications and whatever else we have. 
uh, all to drive traffic and attention towards the blog post or content or sale, whatever it was on our sites that we owned that we could profit from. So let's contrast that then. Now we're saying if we charge up a Facebook post with engagement, we are going to get a ton of free reach. Our featured posts are going to get more free reach and potentially our ad costs are going to go down. So the trick is how we best do that. Anyone that's listened to my previous episodes likely knows where I'm going with this, right? If your goal is to charge up engagement on a post on Facebook, there is not a method I am aware of that is as effective uh, as running Facebook contests. You know, probably Facebook contests are a close second to celebrity nudes. So if you've got the celebrity nudes, go ahead and launch with those. Otherwise, Facebook contests, pretty good way to do it. Now, I've covered these things pretty extensively in the past, and I have some new episodes coming up on them here as well. So we're going to get into that further soon. But the problem with the contest at least in the niches I play, and I've done this enough times to, to feel pretty strongly about it, is it's a lot of work. And it really feels more like a quarterly type of marketing activity, uh, which is great, right? If we want to get charged up Facebook page, we're going to need something that we can leverage a little bit more frequently than quarterly. Uh, you know, you're going to need something you're going to potentially even be able to do weekly. So today's tactic is what I've come up with to solve for this. Specifically, we are now going to take our email list and our messenger subscribers and everything else we got and throw it at the Facebook post and set, right? We charge that post up with a crazy level of engagement. And I know what you're saying. You're saying, hey, Patrick, you mean to tell me that as much as you rant about the importance of attention, the currency of the land, blah, 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 something with the podcast, blah, 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 blah. Uh, couple that with the disparaging remarks you made about Facebook uh, in general and Zuckerberg specifically, uh, you're now actively advocating uh, that I take my hard earned and thought for and precious attention I own and give it to the book free of charge. Uh, and yes, yes, I am. And I told you uh, that it's requiring some contrarian thinking, but let's get into the tactical uh, and I'm going to kind of hit some of the highlights. Now, for those of you that have listened to this podcast before, this is really just a variation of the contest playbook. It sort of leverages the triple Lindy technique I've gone over, uh, even the one-two punch combo of email and a messenger broadcast combined. And once I get to the bot, uh, then I leverage a, a bunch of the concepts and bot hacks I've covered before as well. So this episode really... It's really kind of cool. It builds on everything that I've covered in the past. And so I'll do my best to link up a bunch of these previous episodes in the show notes if you're new and this sounds interesting to you. Uh, but let me set this up uh, such that this is like, you know, the first time you've ever heard the podcast, you should be able to get the gist. And so really, we have two goals with this, okay? One is to charge up the Facebook post with engagement. And the second is to attempt to get an ROI out of this activity being we're not sending the traffic to our site initially, right? So like, if we're going to engage in this tactic, yes, we're going we're gonna to lose some clicks and lose some traffic to our site. Uh, yes, we're going to get the engagement as a benefit and charge of a post, but how do we still, on the back end, capture some ROI on this? And so I think that's an important, uh, an important part to, to understand the one and the two. So let's start with number one, which is the engagement piece. You know, to get this whole thing done, of course, we're going to leverage what ManyChat calls the comment to growth tool. So if they leave a comment, they get into the bot, which is great. Now, really what we're after here, though, is the leave the comment part. You know, yes, we want them to get them in their bot, and that's fantastic. But the comment is what charges up the engagement. The likes, the shares, the comments, uh, is the tagging friends, is what charges up the engagement and says Facebook show this post to more and more and more people. So what do we do? We publish a post on our Facebook page. And the trick here is the post with no outbound links. None. No links. This part is key. If Facebook thinks you're going to send the traffic off-site, then your reach is going to get clipped. It's simple as that. So this is a post on Facebook. You can have an image, you can have a video, you can have some text, any combination thereof, but there is absolutely no link. 
to anywhere off of Facebook. Very, very important. So no links. Then on a post, we tell some sort of a story, we tease some value, and then we ask for a comment and we make sure the ask ensures that the answers will all be different. That's the easiest way to think about not getting caught up in this, uh, you know, this comment clickbait. So, you know, instead of, hey, uh, do you really like this marketing technique? You want to learn more about it? Comment yes below. And then everyone just goes, yes, 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 yes. That gets you in trouble. Instead, you say, hey, like this, uh, you like this technique? Think it's pretty awesome? You want to learn more about it, don't you? I'll tell you what. Final Thor's on right now. Why don't you leave me a comment with your favorite basketball player below? If you don't like basketball, say you hate basketball. You can leave that comment too and let me know, right? And then you've got Larry Bird and Michael Jordan and LeBron James and, and all the rest um, are showing up in the comments. So they're all different. So that's a, that's a pretty easy way to get around it. Now, let's quickly address, because this is important, the overall bugginess of this tool, the comment to growth tool. There is so much talk on this one. There are so many posts in the various different Facebook groups about how it's derped out and it's not working. I've used this tool upward to 25 times now. I have seen and experienced every weird, wacky thing that this tool can kick out, including uh, working for 95% of the folks and not 5%, which actually happened on my last one, uh, which is super annoying. So yes, it can be buggy, but if you understand the rules, you're going to be just fine. You're going to be just fine. And there's only two. Number one, you set it up and you test it with multiple people. You either get friends or get yourself a dummy Facebook account if you're a solo operation, so you have two Facebook accounts. You check to make sure it's working. After you set it all up, okay, good. And if if both of the accounts, let's just say you're a solo operation, you don't have a team behind you. You got one Facebook account, maybe you've got your girlfriends or your boyfriends or your moms or dads, whatever, or you can have two yourself. If you're both admins on the Facebook page, you can set up a post in Facebook, you can schedule it, and then before it's published, while it's in scheduling, when it has the growth tool stitched to it, both of you guys, both of those accounts, guys or gals or whatever, you can leave a comment and see if it works. If it works, you're on to step number two. Number two is this comment to growth tool is exactly like a boat. You can make as many repairs to the boat while it's at the dock as you want. As soon as it leaves though, you do not touch the growth tool. The ship has sailed. No edits, don't touch it. You stick to those two, you're good, you're good. So now we can get back to the timing and the finer points. And that, and that literally covers the growth, tools, uh, the growth tool. So now we have a post. We've got the comment to growth tool, it's working, and we're ready to go live. Guess what? I still don't trust the comment to growth tool completely. Thing is so buggy. So early on, by which I mean the minute the post is live, I send to my messenger list first. The engagement and open rates are key here because people are, you know, are gonna are gonna open quicker, it's gonna be more effective than your email. What we want to do is we want to get a good solid raft of 25, 50, 75 people, whatever, whatever you know your, your list size would be. But you want to get a bunch of comments on that post right away. And then, and then not just right away, um, but you want to instantaneously be able to jump into the bot, make sure everybody's flowing through on the bot. Is that all working correctly? How does it look? Uh, are they getting in? Are they getting stuck? Have a couple of conversations, start responding to a few comments, let her, let her simmer, let her simmer for a few minutes, right? And, and, and of course, respond to all the comments and continue charging things up. So I usually wait to get about 20 or 30 opt-ins or so. Uh, again, I do that quick temperature check and I go over all my flows and make sure everything's looking good. If I've got Zaps or Integromat firing and taking emails from the flows and throwing them into my ESP, I'm going to go audit my ESP and make sure that those things are all flowing in. Is everything smooth? If so, you're good. Launch everything, right? Now, the conventional wisdom is that there's some sort of finite amount of time early on that Facebook determines if the post is rocking to give it more reach. 
And I'm not sure what that is. Is it an hour limit, two hour limit, a four hour limit, a 10 hour limit? I don't know. I usually rock with get it all done in the first couple hours. Really be hammering the comments, uh, you know, hammer every single bit of attention that you have and get people rolling and going as quick as possible and in there. So that's that's sort of how I've been doing things. And the last time um, I ran this thing, which was, well, I guess it was last week now, um, it's a Facebook post that has 60,000 likes on it. And it's, I think, a 30,000-person email list somewhere in that neighborhood and probably like an eight to 9,000-person uh, messenger list, right? And let's talk about results. So this is just one of these posts that I did all of the above. And the reach was 20,721. So out of 60,000, so pretty good reach. 700 reactions, comments, and shares, 168 likes, six loves, three wows, 518 comments, uh, 488 on the post, 30 on the shares, 11 shares, right? So pretty impressive, really impressive in terms of engagement. That is a massively charged up post in terms of engagement, especially for a Facebook post. Most people are not getting that kind of action unless they are sharing the aforementioned celebrity news and or cat gifts or whatever, right? So that's really, really strong for a real business. So, you know, it, it was extremely effective. I'll include the screenshot in the show notes so you can see it so you don't think I'm crazy. So at that point, like with those stats, goal number one is sorted. Real nice, right? We took care of the engagement. We've got it. So now we're going to go sort goal number two, which means what do you do with them once you do get them into the bot? And I think everybody's goals here will, of course, be like a little bit different, right? So you'll have to adjust yours for taste and what works best for your business situation. All I can do, I think, um, and what I hope to do is sort of explain how I like to play it. And then maybe that gives you some creative ideas for how you want to play it. And for me, I want to get the most ROI possible out of this tactic and exercise. It's one of the reasons I love bots and I've conti I'll continue to love bots. So for me, that consists, and this is again, all going to sound familiar if you listen to my episodes on the fundamentals of bot building, but I want an email address. I want folks to go through my survey and I still want people back to my website and any other gains I might be able to squeeze out of it, more or less in that order. So let me just set up, let me just set up how I roll mine and then I can go back to the goals. So, you know, the 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 email, and this is kind of just how to think about this creatively and conceptually, this, at least how I have been. The email and the messenger broadcast are a tease for the post on Facebook. So they're gonna kind of tease and set up the post on Facebook. The post, the Facebook post, is a tease for what's in the bot. The bot has language teeing up the special whatever that is on offer. In this case, it's like a, a normal content upgrade or a lead magnet or whatever, what do you want to call it? A content resource, right? I immediately ask for the email. So now I have their email. Uh, and, and let me tell you when, you, when you do it correctly, when you have the tease to the post and you have that correctly set up and then they get into the post, they want to give you your email address to this. They, they definitely want this thing if you've done it correctly, right? And so once I have their email, um, you know, I let them know essentially that, okay, your resource is on its way. And by the way, I've also made you a short video. So if you've got time, you can watch that now, or I can send it to you later. They have the option and you know, the next flow. So from there, the next flow, we'll see if they have the uh, survey filled out. Right. And if they've got the survey filled out, boom, I'm going to go ahead and give them the video. If not, I'm going to ask them to fill out the survey and then they get the video. Otherwise it's straight. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, if they've got it straight on the video which I link to YouTube and host on YouTube, use my link shortening technique from the bot hack I created on the subject. After the video is done, I say thank you. I give them a few options of things to check out inside of the bot, and that's that. So let's discuss what all just went down there, and then let me kind of like punctuate some of the why on the various different steps that I think are worth emphasizing. Email, 
plus messenger broadcast, the one-two punch combo setting up the Facebook post. So both the messenger broadcast and the email, uh, which I think pretty much everyone's going to have, all of that is going to be driving traffic to the Facebook post, right? Facebook post, again, is a teasing, this amazing resource they get in the bot. In the bot, I give them even more details on what the resource is, and then I ask where I can send it. I get the email. I get the email so effectively in that situation. It's insane. And that type of buildup, I think, is really, you know, when done correctly, just peeling the onion one layer at a time and then asking for the email. There's, you know, because there's steps there, it's really powerful. It's really effective at getting people fired up about the resource, uh, that they're willing to give up the email. And, and, and I'll follow up on that in a second. And, you know, I, 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 I know what you're probably answer, asking, right? But like, Patrick, Patrick, why are you taking a bunch of people that you have on your email list and then asking them for their email again? And totally a good question, right? Uh, number one, if I have their email already, I use conditional logic. Hey, Patrick, looks like I have your email already, so you're all set. Otherwise, I ask. I ask again. And, and let me tell you why. Because my ESP has marketing automation to it. So think your drips so your active campaign or your confusion soft or others. You know, the, the long and the short of it is a piece of JavaScript that your email service provider gives you that's on the site that allows you to track and do things. If that's you, then it's very important that you have the many chat ID of your email subscribers into your ESP. So when you use your Zapier or your Integromat to send that email address into your email service provider, you want to send that many chat ID along for the ride. Um, there's a number of important reasons for that. I'm going to cover more of that in, 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 in a later episode. Um, so that's why I ask again and again. And also, you know, plenty of, plenty of folks are messenger subs or saw the post on Facebook and you don't have their email. So it's a really effective email capture uh, mechanism, just period. It's, it's, it's really effective. And so after that, you give them the option to bounce or keep going. So I got the email and, and, and afterwards I say, hey, if you're, if you're busy, uh, I, will, no, I say, hey, hey, Patrick, uh, okay, you're all set on the resource. Uh, also, I made you a video explaining exactly what you're going to get. If you're busy, I can send it to you later. Otherwise, I can send it to you right now. And you give them the option, right? Like the choose your own adventure. And I'm finding this is so incredibly effective too because people, people are not on Facebook uh, uh, to watch a movie or to hang out, right? Like they're there, they're checking it quick. They want to click some things and they want to get on with whatever they're getting on with or their time runs out or they're short or they're at work or they've got things going on or they're busy or whatever it is. So the send later ends up being really, really powerful. And what's also awesome about the send later is you're asking permission and then you're getting it and you're also letting them know like, hey, this thing's going to be on the way. Look out for it, right? And so that's just, finding that just to be an absolutely, absolutely amazing way. And by the way, um, this episode's going to be a long one already. I'm, I want to go on a side rant. Uh, so begin the side rant. If I was to ask you a question, so switching gears for a second, how do you know when you're bought copywriting? And, and I guess I could state it another way. When your conversational copywriting is on point, how do you know when you're just knocking it on the park and it's on point? How do you know? And I think, you know, that's a question that brings up another question. How sophisticated, technologically speaking, is your audience? Like for my, for my bot subs, for the ones that are in this podcast, it's not a question. Everybody's interested in messenger bots. You know it's not me when, when you're talking to the bot. You know it's a bot, right? Like you understand, you understand the context. But let me tell you uh, that it's not a real human, right? But let me tell you, what if your audience is less technically sophisticated? What if, they've, what if they've been on Facebook for years? Sure, but this might actually be the first bot experience they've had, or they don't really understand what the heck is going on. It's sort of a, a different question in that second context. And I'm sure this happens you know, a lot to you. The bots are still so new. So how do you know you're doing a good job when your audience is not super sophisticated. 
And it's when they're having a conversation, is what I found anyway. It's when they're having a conversation with the bot and have it with absolutely no idea it's not a real human. And no, I'm not talking about it when it happens occasionally, which happens to all of us, right? Like, is this a bot? Or, okay, thanks, or whatever. If it happens here or there, that's normal. Uh, your copywriting is probably mediocre or it's getting the job done or whatever. Um, but let me tell you, when you get at scale people that are having a conversation with a bot thinking that it's a human, uh, I, I, I think, I think that's, that's an amazing feat. And I'm talking like when 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or people are having a conversation with your bot at a certain stage, I'm finding, I'm finding that, is, that is when you know when your conversational, uh, your conversational copywriting is on point. And yes, I know it sort of brings up some ethical questions, right? You should let them know it's a bot. You should let them know that they're not talking to a human. But when you, you know, when you, when you write this whole thing from start to finish, by which I mean, you know, you're writing the email address to start this thing out, and then you're writing the messenger broadcast to start it out. And then you have to think through how those two pieces then lead into the Facebook post itself and what that language looks like. And then you're into the flow inside the bots, right? And so there's these various different pieces of content and various different touches that you're responsible for writing. And I'm finding that while I'm doing that, um, you know, it, 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 it just, it puts me into a position where I'm the most creative. I just want to stay in my own voice first person, right? Like, that's the question. Like, do you, do you write in first person uh, or third person, or do I write as Patrick for the email and for the messenger broadcast? And then the Facebook post is in some other voice. And then the bot is in broad voice. I'm finding it's just easier to keep it consistent. And it's just me and my voice the whole way through. That's just sort of been my jam so far. So Okay, what's happening on this thing in the first place? Ah, yeah. So, you know, I'm 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 offering this, they've given me the email in the bot, okay? And I'm offering up this this um, hey, I've got a video that explains exactly what you're about to get. If you're busy, I can send it to you later. And so when they click on busy, send it to me later, I say, no problem, Patrick. Thanks, and really enjoy the rest of your day. And when I throw those things in there, that line alone, no problem, Patrick. I'll send you an email later or whatever I said, I'll send you a message later. Thanks and enjoy the rest of your day. On that, I'm getting like 50 or 60 or 70 responses. I'm getting like, thank you so much, you two. Really appreciate it. Super busy today. TTYL, talk to you later. Thanks again, you too, bro. I had so many of them. I actually started screenshotting a bunch of them for a blog post because I think it's so funny. But I'll tell you what, I'll put, I'll put like 10 of them in the show notes so you can see what I'm talking about. But that's how you know. That's how I think you know. Um, you know, moreover, whether we are talking about messenger bots or voice bots, or when they finally all merge, you know, how to keep the how to keep the bot conversational, I think, is going to be a skill set that will be in super high demand in the future, in my estimation. So, I think, you know, as you're going through and as you're experimenting and as you're learning on your end, it's a really good thing when that happens. You know, the, the ethical part aside, you want to let your users know they're actually talking to a bot when they're talking to a bot, and not be vague about it. And I think there's a debate there. You know, being good at writing conversational copy is 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 a is it is it's like anything else. It's going to take time, take time to learn, take time to get good at. So that's the end of the side rant. Um, thanks for indulging me, uh, as if you had a choice. Okay, so where are we now? Ah, yes. So send it later, right? Or they're going to come and watch the video right away, and that's where I'm at now. And. Either or, um, they're going to get the video. The video is hosted on YouTube with my link shortening hack. So what is nice about this particular way of doing it is I also tend to pick up some YouTube subscribers every time I run this. And it's all about the ROI, right? I'll take some YouTube subs out of the deal. I'll take some YouTube subs out of the deal. So that part's pretty cool. So now we've got an email address. We potentially have people filling out a survey and, and, and going through my survey. 
Now I'm getting some additional YouTube subs out of it. I'm starting to get some decent ROI out of this thing, right? Now, what I want to talk about is the email. And there's some tradecraft here as well. And when I say the email, I've gathered your email address. I have some sort of content resource on promise that I'm going to send to you. If I've got all these people in a messenger bot, why wouldn't I just send it to them in messenger? Messenger has way higher open rates. It's probably a better idea to just send it to messenger, right? And I don't, I don't. And, and here's why. I send it via email because these type of resource uh, uh, deliveries get an insanely high open rate. They just do. Like way more, way more than any other type of email you send. Like any type of transactional, um, you could sort of technically consider it as like a transactional. Like you always open your tracking number and track it, right? Like the emails get really, really opened. And so what you do when you send these, you're going to be sending them to some combination of old subscribers, current subscribers, and new subscribers. And so what, what you're going to do is you're going to have a really, really high open rate on this email. And as a result of that, you're going to be sending the signal to your email service provider that, hey, these guys send really good emails. They get a really high open rate, and that's going to go ahead and help all of your various different uh, other email campaigns down the line. You, you have high open rates in your email. Your, your email service providers are going to make sure you don't end up on the promotional tab. That's a subject for another day, but that's, that's just truth. Um, in addition to that, you know, like if you send it to them in Messenger, they're pretty much 100% going to be on their mobile phone. Uh, I'm going to have some buying materials, some buying type of links in that email that I send after the fact. And so, you know, I'm going to I'm going to send it via email because maybe I can get snare more on the desktop, right? And I probably will snare more on the desktop. So that's sort of how I think about um, that portion of it and how I've been rocking that portion of it. And now, you know, at the end of this, the cool thing is that you also end up driving again if done correctly driving a pretty decent clip of traffic to your website, which is what you would have normally been the goal or the objective of this whole thing in the first place, right? Like without the Facebook and the bot part, uh, in my experience, of course, if you didn't add this step, you're going to get way more traffic to your website. But, you know, by adding in these two additional steps, all this extra complexity, I'm still getting a decent clip uh, back to the website. And I'm doing a very good job of tracking it and attempting to understand it and, you know, having UTM params in my email. So I know exactly how many people are coming back. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty interesting. It's, it's pretty interesting. And I think when you sum it all up from, from, from start to finish, uh, it's really pretty amazing. You get, you get a charged up post with engagement and extra reach. Uh, you potentially get extra future reach, uh, and lowered ad cost. Can't be proved that, but it's assumed, uh, you know, but not, not, not confirmed empirically. Uh, and then you get email subs. And then you get many chat IDs in your ESP. And then you get survey fillouts. And then you get YouTube subscribers. And then you get some traffic back to your site. You know, all in, again, when properly executed, it's, it's, it's pretty impressive. Step one was the engagement. We got it. Step two is all the other ROI that we can get inside the bot. Very impressive. Um, and now, which I haven't even mentioned yet, is a nice little bonus. If things went well, if you tried it, not everyone's going to be a home run. Not everyone's going to be a home run when you try this. Some of them are going to be duds. But when you do hit a home run, you're now left with a Facebook post that has a massive amount of social proof on it, okay? A massive, massive amount of social proof. And you can go ahead and start showing ads with that. You can go ahead and go in and edit the post that you used on Facebook to charge up with engagement and add a link to it after the fact. You can edit the post and add a link to it after the fact if you're so inclined. Either way, now I've got a post that has a massive amount of comments, a massive amount of links. It didn't cost me a dime, uh, massive amount of comments, massive amount of likes, massive amount of shares. And I've got that without spending a dime on it, without spending a dime on that. I just sort of rented my attention for myself to get there, right? Now, what are the downsides? That's not all roses here. It's a lot of work, right? It's a lot more work. Uh, before you were just sending an email and a messenger broadcast to a piece of content, pretty easy. Now you have to do all the extra copywriting work. 
and you know, think through how to stitch all the pieces together, plus write the Facebook post, plus write and sort all that bot stuff. Oh, you got to set up a zapper, zap your zapper integrity mat to throw the email address in there. So there's 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 some work there. And like it sounds like a lot, and it definitely is. And and you know, at first, you know, I, I have a team helping me and, and and guys that are working for me are doing various different pieces. Uh, but I still wanted to do a lot of it and, and make the mistake. It really is a decent amount of bandwidth to get it done. Uh, but it gets you get way, way quicker at it. And, and and it's certainly starting to feel like, you know, a lot less work now to run this than when I started. So it makes sense to understand what an email address and a bot subscriber and a click to your website is worth. Uh, what having this extra reach on Facebook potentially can do for your bottom line. In my case, it is way, way worth the extra effort, the extra reach that leveraging this technique gets me. So moreover, uh, like everything in life, you know, you got you to find out whether or not it's worth it for you. So over to you. What do you think? Good episode or meh? Uh, tell me about it in the bot. Uh, to do that, uh, as well as to get anything mentioned in this episode, I'll put in the screenshots, I'll put in the social proof of the, of the actual post. You can see all of it. Um, pull out your phone. Open up that Messenger app, search bots for the win, click get started. How many steps is that? Way too many. Uh, but get in there. Tell me what you think. Um, everything will be in the bot. Love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think. Love to think if you're going to run it. I could potentially cook one of these up to uh, myself and run it on the bots for the win page so you guys could all see it. Uh, and I'll think about that. Tell me about it if you want to see that in bot. Uh, and as always, have a great day.